When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is the five seconds of silence that Ben wants. I was quite enjoying the silence. Me too. We have, to give, we have to give people a bit of background about what's going on. Go for it. Um, I want to see what you've full of beans to this. Uh, we are in... I meant that nicely. You don't need my beans. You've got enough beans of your own. Uh, so we're in Devon for half term. We're, and, um, we're at Devon. I said in Devon. We're in I said Devon. in Devon. I said at Devon. No, I said we're in Devon for half term. And we're in uh, Dittisham, so we're sort of miles away from anything and... Uh, we we have to do the podcast or we don't get paid. So here we are, and and um, we brought two microphones down, uh, but we neither of them connects to our laptops. So we brought two connecting cables down, but except one of them we didn't bring, so we only have one microphone and no internet. And we have, but it turns out we also have no internet. Well, we meant to have internet, but um, we're so, in Devon. So, so we're in Devon, <laughs> so we haven't got any internet. They're rolling it out as fast as they can, and they've got as far as Exeter. Uh, but they haven't got down here. It works sometimes, but it's not good enough to do the podcast. It's called Faster Shire, not Faster Devon. Faster Shire, Devonshire. Far, so Faster. No, the point is the Wi-Fi is okay in the room where we've put three televisions. No, three, three children, children. One television. Two children of our own and one children belonging to some friends are in the other room watching Spider-Man Homecoming. Far From Home. Far From Home. And that, our whole plan was they'd quietly be in there eating a local sausage roll. Uh, while well, we recorded our podcast, while Ben listened and edited it from London, but we can't now go in there because they're watching Spider Man. Ben can't listen in because we couldn't broadcast this, so we're recording it probably. Possibly. As mentioned, Giles, we are in a cottage. Not our cottage, we have rented the cottage. We have. And I, it brought back quite a lot of memories of all the places we have rented. This is an idea for a column. Yeah, possibly, possibly, possibly. I'm not based sure. on... <clears throat> based on the notes. In this lovely, amazing cottage. 
this amazing place that there's lovely notes that have been left for us about, which they always do, yeah. saying things like, you will find the keys in the box by the yeah. door. And and I noticed that with these ones... Mm. They're, they're, they're very, very extensive There notes. are 20 pages of notes. Yeah. I forgot to bring any holiday reading, but luckily, <laughs> all the notes for how to operate the broadband. And can I just say, by the way, I'm not criticising the Wi-Fi. It's fine. We just have to be in the other room. And it's yeah. got lovely thick stone walls. The, the, the thing is, is that we've arrived here and we've got these extensive notes of things that we can do. Uh, and I think what we're trying to do is talk to Times readers and Times audio listeners who will have been away at half time and sorry, at half term, and they'll have had their funny notes. And they've all walked in and they've looked at their notes. And our ones are great. And I have some things like we were quite surprised to see, like strip the beds. And we had, do you remember we had strip the beds in the last one we were in? Strip the beds, I, I know that you were quite surprised about strip the beds, but I think most places, particularly post coronavirus, do want you to strip the beds. We particularly. In our, oh, these, in our rental house, we don't say please strip the beds because I hate being told to strip the beds. Yes, but why don't we tell people to strip the beds? Because we pay someone to come and strip the beds. But the people who are renting us this cottage and so many others want us to strip the beds. Yeah. They also, I know, want us to run the dishwasher and unload it back into the cupboard ready for the next guests. Yeah. Whereas, I think it's kind of a, it's more of a, it's more of a list of wishes sometimes these so, notes than than actual instructions. Do you think that's what it is? They've also said, you know, in this amazing cottage, which I love and I definitely will come back to if they let us. Um, don't take all food with you. So we arrive here, we bring a bit of food, but we came on the train. So we bought some some Weetabix and some biscuits and sugar and take it all with you. We can't, I can't take an open kilo of sugar back on the train. I, I said in my notes for the barn, please take all food with you. But that's because most people come to the barn in their car. So they can absolutely... Well, most people come here in their car. Well, we're, we're kind of crazy. We got a train to Tartanus, hey, hey, hey. picked up a hire so, car, so and drove I, the rest of the way. What I'm, what I'm saying... Putting money in the local economy. What I'm saying to you is that although I wonder I wonder if you can do it... If you, I mean, it's a very, very e- easy... Fantasy notes. Very funny. Fantasy notes. Requ- the difference of opinion you and I have is I think it requires an intro in which we say we rented a cottage in Devon and the notes were quite funny. Yeah. They were, I felt they were a little bit... By the way, that's creaking is the kitchen table. Yeah. And compared to all other places in this entire county, this is this is quiet. It's, it's not <laughs> it's not me and Esther in it's not me and Esther in bed. No, it's the kitchen table. Little bit of squeaky squeak. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, I think it has to have an intro which says if we're going to, if I do this column for Saturday about the comedy of renting for half term, yeah. you walk in and the first thing that happens is is that the key doesn't work in the door, and then what happens is is that the notes will probably say. The key won't work in, <laughs> in October. When the weather yeah. turns cold, the key expands yeah. and you can't leave going through the back door. Now, the keys to the back door are underneath the mat, uh, which you can only lift up if the cow isn't standing on it. Exactly. If, they, if the key doesn't work in a lock because it is too cold or possibly too hot or potentially too wet or there's too much salt in the air or if there's an <laughs> R in the name of the month, then you'll have to go to... The Hanging Man pub. The pub down the which, road. No, open pub? only from August only the 1st to August the 3rd in the mornings. And Shout very loudly. Because Jim is a bit deaf. But if he hears you, he's got a spare set of keys, we think. Okay, there's one here, Victorians overruled by the Georgians. Um, 
It is their uh, elegance and beauty, according to one historian. Perhaps we're just sick of hearing about the Victorians, says another. Or maybe it's just because we can see the roots of our own gossipy social media culture there, says a third. Whatever it is, the historians have concluded that the Georgians are now beating the Victorians. Blah, blah, Clifton Literary Festival. The Georgian era is now the most exciting. We're bored with the Victorians. This is clearly, this is just the fault of Bridgerton, isn't it? I say the fault, sorry. I've got nothing against Bridgerton. Clifton is Georgian, is it? Clifton? Let's think. Sorry, did I say Clifton? No, no, Bridgerton. Bridgerton is Georgian. Bridgerton, so yeah, the Bridgerton point is, is, Georgian, is yeah. we, we, Andrew Roberts is, says that uh, the, the, the ugliness of modern life, um, we, we want to, because of the ugliness of modern life, we don't want to look at the Victorians anymore, we want to look at the Georgians. And I, I think we're talking about, we've had so many Victorian period dramas and some Victorian Edwardian, it's like the Victorians are finished, the Georgians win, but so what we should look ahead in a column to the next big era. Who's exciting? Who are we going to go after the Georgians? We go a little bit further back. The English Civil War. Is that interesting? Oh, I love the English Civil War. Do yeah. You? What about it? Well, it's just, it's such a, it, it's a bit like the Great Fire of London in that it's such a good story. It's just a great story. <laughs> the Great Fire of London is yeah. a good, well. Well, the Great Fire of London is a great, the Great Fire of London is the best first history topic for any child So why is there not, and or should we write, fire, exclamation mark, <laughs> a 12-parter on Netflix set in the Great Fire of London? Yes, you Who started do. it? Who ended it? People get rescued. No, it should be an eight-parter because it went on for eight days. Or was it six days? Or was it three days? Anyway. Well, we'll get a historical consultant, shall we? Exactly. That <laughs> Sam would do. Um, we'd probably start with the plague. It's fucking good. So, and that is, that's 1666. Does that, e- does that even have a name? I mean, the rest, there's the interregnum is... 1640 to 1660. I guess it's the Charles restoration. The, yeah, they, they cut Charles II's head off at 6049. And then there was the Civil War. And then they brought back no. Charles II. Did they leave it that late to cut his head off? 1649 is when they cut his head off. Oh, but the same year as the Battle of Naseby. Yeah, a couple months I guess you're the one who loves the English Civil War, so you probably know. Yeah. But by 1660, the they, the they put back Charles XIV or whatever. So Charles II. And that was the restoration. It's like, where could, where could we set things? Um, there's no more room left, basically, in the Victorian period. Um, probably not in the Georgian. So you can set things at any time. I quite like the idea of a, of, a, of a great plague slash fire of London. Great fire of London. The brilliant thing about the he great buried fire a parmesan of London, cheese in the garden. Who did? Samuel Pepys. Samuel Pepys. One of the great things about the Great Fire of London is that it's a, it, it's got it's got absolutely everything. It's got drama. It's not too sad because I think only one or two people died and they were maybe a bit old. Or it was only a maid. It was a maid. Somebody's maid. maid died. And then there was a conspiracy theory. And it could be sourdough. It's really because it was a bread oven that started it. So they could be making sourdough. The hipsters would like it. The hipsters would love it because it's an involvement of kind of hand-raised pies and sourdough. There's also a, there's a kind of civil unrest element because they all scarpered to Hampstead Heath to watch the city burn. The, 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 and the, then they thought it was the, the invasion of the Dutch or a French... A French, the French, the French, so they kill the French the people. Fire. Do you know the two problems? Two of the main problems. One is people don't look sexy in those Samuel Pepys type wigs, and um, also the housing stock famously isn't there because it burnt down yeah. in the fire. So they had uh, to, to film it on one street in Oxford. Street, exactly. The one street in Oxford that's still got over those overhanging upper things. So if you move it to the Civil War, the Civil War is just just um, conducted in up oak trees on big fields and in pubs. So well, no, the pubs are all called the Royal Oak, and they're named after the tree. Oh, so is they, that how it is? I think that's what it is. So look, if you go further back, you go, you get to the Tudors. Done. Done. Can't have the Tudors back before the Tudors. So you're you're getting into Richard the Third territory. That's the Plantagenets, the Hundred Years. Ten sixty six. Yes, we should do that. We should have you set. You should set a drama. Okay, here we go. You set a drama at ten sixty six. So all the French people have come to England, and you could do a wonderful kind of culture clash thing about the French in England and how people are snobby about words like mirror and perfume. 
That would be quite fun. And it could have an immigration thing because they all come over in boats, just like immigrants now. Exactly. Except these boats mm-hmm. are armed with weapons. And what they, as Sam will tell you, when they arrived, uh, the Duke of Normandy, William the Conqueror, uh, he, he burned all his own boats so that they couldn't, the soldiers couldn't go home. So they had to fight the English. And mm. they won. So we could do that because before that, it's all Viking and Anglo-Saxon and Last Kingdom. There was they've lots done of the Vikings. They've done the, so the Vikings. That, have been done by the Vikings. So the only eras left that aren't completely boring and plumb is our, our um, civil war. Yeah, the little bit of little bit of of, of uh, 1066, and of course the Stone Age. Yep, Stone Age. Literally, there's literally been nothing. The Crudes. You're wrong. There'll be more from Esther and me in our kitchen after a short interlude. But to find out what I wrote about in the end, why not pick up a subscription to The Times and The Sunday Times and enjoy one month absolutely free? Just search thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea. I've been promised that this will take you to an amazing offer rather than just a website created by Ben randomly containing all my broadcasting mistakes. Although I'm sure that exists somewhere, it's just going to be up to you to find it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I mean, look, do we think, we talked about this, darling, um, it's no joke, school offers laughter lessons. Right. People are receiving laughter therapy to combat post-COVID gloom. The 15th hour, I mean, this is a big story. I don't know where the columns have been done, but I mean, this was on the front of the newspapers and stuff. According to a report from the Royal College of Psychiatry, almost 200,000 young people have been referred to mental health services in the past three months. We're not joking about mental health. Mental health is serious. We're all fucking mad in this house. That's perfectly fine. Research shows that laughter can reduce cortisol levels. And Emma Jennings, who runs a therapy, a laugh therapy classes, children have been isolated and no amount of Zoom contact makes up for that. Her lessons begin with children being instructed to laugh in the style of a James Bond villain. The laughter will be false, of course, but the body cannot tell the difference, she says. It's about bypassing the cognitive part of the brain. The body is benefiting from the fake laughter, which often turns into genuine laughter. So can we try James Bond villain laughter? Um, yeah. Do they lo- no, that's more like a <laughs> James Bond villains normally don't really laugh, they're quite sinister. That's more like a laughter of like Can you do a laugh, please? I don't want to. Do a laugh. So this is this podcast is about doing an emergency laugh and we all, if you start laughing you could be I'm do some laughing. <laughs> You know what, that was a genuine laugh. Do a fake laugh, come on. I don't on. want to. Do a can, fake can laugh. Can I describe how this actually, it does work? You're laughing at it, but it does actually <laughs> work. So I went to, I did a thing called laughing yoga, or laughter yoga. What? Which I know is really, 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 Did you really dress up good. in spandex and spread your legs and then laugh? No, I didn't. I went, it was, so laughter yoga, which is very much, 
based on this. What you have to do is you, you stand in a circle and you do these absurd things. Like you have to run around the room clapping and going, ha 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 ha, hee hee hee, ta 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 ta, ta ta And it's really, really embarrassing. And it was, I was with about sort of 15 other Why women. Why did you do this? I did it as part of the, um, I was invited to a kind of sleepover party thing with the middle, your friend Emily Meekin and both of our friends. Annabelle Rickon. And your friend, Annabelle Rickon, too. And they had a kind of sleepover. Annabelle Rickon. brand. Um, uh, a kind of sleepover thing. And what part of the sleepover kind of dinner party thing was laughter yoga, which was kind of like my nightmare. Making silly faces. Doing a fake laugh. You won't even do it in its kitchen. Doing a fake laugh. Do a fake laugh. I don't want to. Just do a little one. No, I no, I don't want to do a fake laugh. Your fake laughs are very good. I don't want to do a fake laugh. <laughs> well, I don't want to do a fake laugh. Just for the sake of your listeners. No. We love you. No. You're trying to make life easier for no, them. No, I have got, very, They've got very, mental health issues and they need to hear laughter. I have got very, very good boundaries, I'm always being told. And that means I don't do things I don't want to do. And I don't want to do a fake laugh. But I am going to tell you about laughter yoga and about how it actually works. So you have to, you sort of tit about for about 20 minutes doing this ridiculous kind of clapping and hawing and hinging. And then you hop on one leg and stuff. And it's completely, completely, totally humiliating in every possible regard. And it made me quite sort of angry about 15 minutes. And I thought, I'm just going to walk out. I can't bear this. I can't bear this for a second longer. And then the lady said, now everyone take your yoga mat and lie down. And everyone with our heads kind of touching in a circle, not touching because of nits, but our heads kind of in a circle. We all had our heads together and our, we were kind of in a kind of starburst shape. And then we lay down, we had to do some breathing exercise and then someone started laughing. And someone started really laughing and then we all started laughing. And I have, I have never, ever, ever, I've only laughed harder at a couple of things that you've said over the years. But you brought that back, you're about to say you've never laughed harder, it's like... No, there were a couple of a couple of things that you you've done to make me laugh. Like what? That well, there was that. It's a bit hot. It doesn't really work on radio. It's a face that you made about the ten years ten years old. <laughs> <laughs> for for the record, I just made a face. The, but at least you laughed. Ten years later. The 10 years later challenge on Instagram is the, and then a couple of jokes that don't. If you go to my Instagram, there was, and go scroll back about two years. Everyone was doing what they look like now, what they look like 10 years ago. And like everyone and it was, was a humble the, brag. It was a horrible, gross, humble brag on Instagram. Going, oh my God, oh Diana, you look exactly, you look I've just found now. this picture of myself from 10 years ago yeah. and they're all looking amazing compared now, to Now, or they, they look better, or they look amazing, they're superstar amazing. Oh, so, yeah. And then Giles did one where he, he, Giles was actually a very hot teenager and then the picture of himself with a towel over his head making this really, really disgusting face that, that uh, it just makes me laugh. <laughs> I don't even know what I think about it, I just start laughing. Anyway, what I'm saying is that it sounds stupid and everyone's taking the piss out of these laughter lessons, but they work. They 100% work. I wouldn't be laughing if I was a teenager either. Rosie McCall, the head teacher, said, Young girls have a lot on their plates. We thought it would be great really to introduce do. a purely fun class which they can walk away from having physically felt a drop in stress level. So I is know, that a comment? I know, of course not. Why not? Why there are no young male novelists? I quite fancy that as a natural column. Okay. Young male novelists left on the shelf. So there's been a significant shift in the past 20 years. Last year, female authors wrote 50% of hardback fiction bestsellers compared with only 39% in 2000. Um, you, you get, you know, I, I think that, that we know, we know from either writing or trying to write books that the whole of publishing is female. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. of them. Every echelon, they all are. Every book I've ever written was for female editors, except for the publishing house CEO, 
the person in charge of the whole thing is 98% No, someone has to count up the money at the end and pay people and stuff. You know? yeah. uh, but, but, um, Everyone else is but, but the rest of them are girls. And so then they, they all want to sort of bring women through. And it means that, weirdly, that you get, the way you get men is you get the same old big dogs, Salman Rushdie, Ian McEwan, Martin Ames, writing about the same thing. And then, admittedly, the really massive sellers, apart from sort of J.K. Rowling or whatever, but, you know, Richard Oldman is just all over everything. Yeah, but he, what he's doing is he's cashing in on his very captive tea time audience. Who are all old he's women. Not, yeah, if he, if he was starting... So books are bought by either old people or women. Huh? So they, they, the books are bought by either old people or women. Or in the case of Richard Osmond, old people who are also women. Yes. Or there's wallions, you know, all the... Uh, that kids, kids are different. Kids, 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 kids really are count. different and it's a different market completely. Um, but the massive hysteria around a very ordinary writer like Sally Rooney, for example... Uh yeah oh, yeah I mean I don't, I don't, I don't know no I'm not, so I think I think yeah I think well what does it what does Elizabeth Stroud say she says so, but you who, she who she, she said these women are good at their job but do I think it's a good thing so so the American writer Elizabeth Stroud said that the publishing industry needed to mix it up to ensure that male novelists were getting equal opportunities okay um, these women because this is part of the cultural war thing where, where there's been an overcorrection would be the suggestion yeah. right. Um, those women are good at their jobs, says Elizabeth Stroud, but do I think it's a good thing? I think it makes it too narrow. I mean, if it was all male-dominated, that would be a bad thing. And if it's all female-dominated, then that's just as bad. If I was a, if I was a young... Well, what would put, if, you were, if you were going to write fiction now, what, what would put you off? I mean, you're the an money. Old, you're an old... The money. Yeah. I'm now past the point in my, in my career where writing a book is, is a valid use of time. But apart from for fun, for vanity, because you haven't got anything else to do. Work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I was telling my own story. My, I used to want to be a novelist more than anything when I was young because I wanted to be rich and powerful and important. Yeah. Really. And in my... And admired and envied. And in my life and in my world, I looked at who was that? That's Scott Fitzgerald, Ernest Hemingway, even more. Those kind of lives, those kind of people, huge, remembered forever. I mean, ridiculous to, to want that. But... I wanted those things. Gradually, I tried to be a novelist and I tried to be a writer and I was just hacking away being a journalist. And I said, well, I am a sort of writer. I'm a journalist. And I managed to get a novel out there and I got 25,000 quid, which was worth it when I was 28. It wouldn't be much use to me now. And um, I realised that, in fact, you don't get uh, rich and powerful and famous being a writer, really. If you're already rich and powerful and famous, like Richard Osmond, you can get a novel published. Yeah. Um, but you don't, there isn't really any, no one respects novelists, everyone laughs at them, we take the piss out of them in podcasts. Men are driven by a desire for power and influence, yeah. and that's no longer a thing you can get through fiction, but women are perhaps motivated by genuinely creative things, women particularly like Sally Rooney, who doesn't want to be famous and always says so, but perhaps women do not just crave power and influence and agency and just want to be you know novelists as we know from Philip the recently dead Philip Roth whose biography I just read just he was either writing or fucking and any things he did and that now that doesn't work mm. it doesn't make you rich at writing unless you're no. you know very small number of people it doesn't make you powerful it doesn't make you influential no one cares what Ian McEwan or Martin Ames think about anything really mm. um, and it doesn't get you laid anymore You've been listening to Giles Corran Has No Idea with me, Giles Corran. And me, Esther Walker. It's a Wireless Studios production for The Times, produced by Ben Mitchell. You can listen to us on The Times radio app or download from wherever you get your podcasts. To find out what I wrote about in the end, you can pick up a copy of The Times or get a digital subscription. 
And by searching thetimes.co.uk forward slash Giles Corrin has no idea, you can access a special offer just for you. And for the full live experience, tune into my show on Times Radio every Friday from 1 till 4. Hello and welcome to Wine Times, the podcast brought to you in association with the Sunday Times Wine Club with me, Makita Oliver. And me, Will Lyons, the Sunday Times Wine Columnist and Vice President of the Sunday Times Wine Club. And this show, Will, is quite fantastically all about wine. Red, white, rosé, sparkling. Italian, French, Australian, South African and all the rest. We'll be talking to actors, authors and athletes about anything and everything, but mainly about how much they love wine. So pull up a chair, pour yourself a glass of wine and sit back for a series of fine wine, good company and lively conversation. Wine Times from the Sunday Times Wine Club. Every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.